podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a view from the bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the third of October, twenty twenty-three. My name is Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter, and you can also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a lot more of your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, it was another four points in the Challenge Cup to keep the Giants on top of their group with a hundred percent record. Let's look at the trip to Scotland. Uh, Jeff Baum uh, is back for a third season in Teal. The Grand Slam winning Texan joins us, and uh, it's Player of the Month time, so let's look at the nominees. Um, the Giants will begin their quest to retain the Elite League title with two road games away to Guildford and Cardiff, so let's bring on the former Bracknell B, Todd Kelman, for his opinion on things. And if we've got time, there's a little bit of dops, and I feel another call for people not to be melters. Um, Mr. McJimsey, how are you doing? Not too bad, Paddy. Keep well now. Let me just check. Marty, can you hear me? No, Gareth. I don't think Gareth Martin can hear. We got Gareth Martin to join us. I don't think he can hear us at the minute. So I'm just going to uh, drop him out for a second, and hopefully he can uh, rejoin us. But um, I was just saying, nice to have Gareth Martin on the show. Yes, um, I send him a little message. Why do you tell me what's going to happen in the next thirty seconds? <laughs> tell him to reboot. <laughs> Well, what I'm going to do is, first of all, well, actually, send him a message. He can't, he, he can't hear us. Well, let's, let's try again. Can you hear us now? No, we are absolutely live. <laughs> so uh, let's bring in a, let's bring in a, um, let's bring in a uh, temporary substitute. How are you doing, says? I'm all right, Jens. How are you? Can you hear us? Veggie. I can hear you absolutely fine, yeah. <laughs> How's you're life? Where are you? Yeah, you're looking Where a bit browned off, or says. I've, I've actually been running about here for the last hour trying to get a good, a good side of me. Um, I'm in New York, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous the last few days. So um, just sort of, you know, getting away for a couple of days um, just when the season's kicking off. And, and uh, I normally try and get away at the end of July, but couldn't do it this year. And as soon as I've seen the schedule, um, whereas two weekends away, I just went, that'll do me. So uh, Jasmine and I have been here for the last few days. And um, yeah, it's been great. Oh, let's see, let's see. Uh, I think let's bring Marty back in, see if he can hear us. Can you hear us now, Mr. Martin? All good, thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. Now, you're probably wondering why Simon's here because you've very kindly you've, you've very kindly agreed to come and join us. Simon's only here temporarily because while we were organizing this here thing, there was one thing you didn't tell us, but Simon did tell us. What did you tell us, Simon? Sure, birthday day, Marty. You kept that one quiet. Happy birthday to Unfortunately, you get, unfortunately, you're now subject to this. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 
It's Happy sweet. Happy birthday, dear Marty. Happy birthday to you. We got there in the end, Helen. You know what? You. Something. Yeah, smooth. Good, good job, boys. Thank you. That's what it is. That's 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 the only reason. That's the only reason that says back in. <laughs> you know what? I think it deserves a bit of a laugh. What about jumping in the pool, fully clothed? Mm. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. Let's go. go on, man. Go on. Here we go. Here we go. Same kitchen, straight into the swimming pool, fully clothed. Have a good holiday. Have a good uh, holiday, Simon. The best present, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Big thanks to Simon Kitchen for joining us live from holiday. The absolute oh, there, oh, job. Love him. Oh, Love him. Marty, listen, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, guys. Thank you. Uh, I'm very grateful to be asked to cover Sis while she's on holidays and uh, and join you two gentlemen. So yeah, thank you. I'll um just gonna go wing it with you guys tonight and, and talk some hockey. I've been looking forward to it since you asked me last week. The uh, uh, winging it is the is how we do a view from the bridge, mate. Every single week, <laughs> as you can tell, as it's been going. Um, right, let's get cracking, boys. Uh, the Belfast Giants uh, were still in uh, Challenge Cup action, and this time we went over to Glasgow to face the Glasgow Clan. Uh, a four-two win for your Belfast Giants. Uh, goals for, for the Belfast Giants from Cooper, Brown, Lake, and uh, Mark Cooper, Mark Cooper again is second. Um, those for the Glasgow clan came from Michael Pellich, um, a name we know well, his brother, and uh, Ryan Harrison. Um, with regards to goalkeeping, Tyler Brescarwani, 21 shots on, two goals against Jake Kiley, 20 shots on, four goals against your refs were Toby Craig and Daniel Ferguson. Um, Davey, I'll start with you. A game the Giants took hold and took control pretty early and held on to. Um, yeah, I thought we were a very, very good value for the win at the weekend. I don't know if you're going to run the highlights or not there, Paddy, but um, I mean, you know they picked up they picked up a double minor very, very early in the game. You don't often see them called by by refs. Actually, two penalties on the same play, but there was a trip and a and a bit of a slash that on the game sheet. They're both down. I don't know what's the line to go down. Got to sign on that, but um, that's the first goal here, and we'll, we'll I'll, I'll come back to this later in the in the show about Mark Cooper's part in them, but. Um, went up, it was actually the second power play about five minutes in the game, but on that five on three power play, there's an unbelievable breakaway for um clan that basically comes up with a massive save. When we'll go one nil up, he comes up with another save from a two on one, and um, you know, he kept us in at this certain extent. Yes, we had a lot of possession, yes, we had a lot of ozone time, and uh, we did really well. And then it's a really smart pick from Prince and just holds a puck, Travis Brown breaking off the bench. They sort of lost their details a wee bit. Got a bit scrambled when we picked the puck up off the off the boards and came up the half wall and another shorthanded goal first three or four through the uh, first sort of you know half dozen games of the season. So we said early season with this pace this team has, they will score shorthanded goals and and that's the the way it's been. A really lovely goal here. It's the pass from uh, Coops makes the goal. There's a bit of a dispute about this goal, but we'll come to that later as well. And then. The clan peg us back a little bit going through the game, but then Mark Cooper obviously comes up with that fourth later in the game. And I, I thought we really took control from the start of the third period. We came out and we just took control of the puck. There was very little, like we forced the clan to dump into our zone and go and try and make us turn. And, and all bar one, I think that one dump in recovery the whole of the third period. You know, we kept control of the neutral zone. We didn't allow them any real easy entries into our zone. 
very little on best goal in that third period. Anything he had to do, he'd done really well. And as I said at the very start of the piece, very, very good value for the win. Marty, I think you know, the Giants defensively have been pretty solid. But going forward, you look at that shorthanded goal. Obviously, it maybe comes off a bit of a Philip Schanch mistake. It sort of allows us and Travis Brown to come in the back post and score. But defensively and in special teams, the Giants doing really well. They've started off great. Um, I, I couldn't believe what Sancho did. He was so lackadaisy, just not really putting any effort into the puck. And what? what uh, who, who was it again who picked up the puck? Um, Prince. Prince, Prince. Prince picked yeah. up the puck. He didn't even battle hard. He just let Prince nope. skate up around, create his own um, space, and then he fed Travis her back, back post. Lovely, lovely uh, control of the puck and, and shot in there. Nice goal. But, yeah, going back, uh, Chance... I've been doing very well on the power play. I mean, Mark Cooper probably didn't couldn't believe his luck in that first goal. Um, they, I actually felt their formation was better on the five on three rather than the five on four. The, the five on four, the two wingers were over at one side, and and they they were getting a bit mixed up. Jason Morgan, I'm sure, would have been fuming with that uh, that first power play or that yeah. first penalty kill they they conceded. Davey, you mentioned the um, the controversy. Controversy over the Belfast oh, Giants' third goal. Just the timing there, Paddy. Actually, it's 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 coming up here. There's no real controversy for me. If I can pause, uh, just at the right moment, Coops top of the circle in his favourite spot. Plays later and now. Now the goalie, as you can see, has kicked the uh, the nets off there. The puck has gone through. I'm, I don't know why I'm pointing at the screen because nobody can see what I'm pointing at. The puck <laughs> has gone. The puck has gone between the posts in the through the blue paint. So I don't know if you've got the. The ruling from the the rule book. I heard the fans booing. To be honest, I was a bit disappointed with Craig Anderson on commentary. You know, saying, "Oh, we don't have goal line technology to rule this side. We've just got to live with it." If a goalie or a defender knocks the nets off accidentally or on purpose, and the puck's going in the net, then a goal's awarded. It's just in the rules. I don't want to be an ass about it. But if you learn <laughs> some, if you learn some of the rules of the game, it really enhances your enjoyment of the game because. You can instantly go, that's a goal, that's not a goal. Or then you can have a fight with the referees. We'll come to that later. If they get it wrong or they get it right. But in this instance, the refs have got it. There's the infraction. If you want to, I'll read it to you. A goal will be awarded when an attacking player with an imminently scoring opportunity is prevented from scoring as a result of a defending player displacing goal, either deliberately or accidentally. And it is determined that the puck would have entered the goal between the northern position of the goalpost. The referee's well positioned. It goes through the blue paint into the post. If the goals hadn't been there, it would have went into where the goals would have been. So good goals. So credit to the officials when they get it right. Because, you know, the, the hammering that they've taken this weekend on and off the ice, and we talk about it often in the podcast, they're part of the furniture and without them, there is no game. They got the call absolutely spot on and you should praise them when they do a good job. Absolutely. Marty? I can remember you talking about this in the preseason game. The Nets were coming off far too easy. And as you can you can see there, the netminder is backing up. It actually looks like he's using this post to do the kickoff to then get across yeah. to try and save the one-timer from Ben Lake. But, it, yeah, there, there's no dispute. I, I don't know why um, people were doing it because that puck was only going in one place in the back of the net. And even when the net is slightly over to the right-hand side, it's still hitting the back of the net no matter what. So, for, for a goal, 100%. Have the have the clan improved, Davy, since we saw them? No, no. Are they, are, do you think they're in trouble? Um, 
<laughs> funny as we were having a bit of a laugh earlier on today i was saying on, on twitter you know don't panic the new league tables out and the giants are one from the bottom but we haven't played a game and the clan have and they're below us so that that says something about them as well um i don't think it's time for panic yet jason morgan is you know he talked on the podcast last week about this being a process and i think that the clan fans also have to buy into this is going to take him time this is not going to be a case of clan are going to run away with the league they're going to win the challenge you know this is a process. The clan have needed stability for years. They've had that revolving door process, you know, with the coaches. They've came in, they've came in, they've came in, and they've gone out the same way, and they haven't won anything. Um, you know, so it's a time for solidity. He has to believe that he's, he's assembled. I think he's assembled a good enough roster. What I would agree with Marty was, you have to, you know, the old saying about, you know, what is it, good talent beats hard work when hard work i can't remember exactly something like that but you know there, there hard was work elements beats talent when talent doesn't work hard doesn't work hard you've got that that one the giants have dumped the puck deep and gone for a line change on the part on on the penalty kill and there's not a giant in the clan half of the ice when they start the four check when when the clan go back to pick the puck up and greg prince is able to skate 100 plus feet and pick and and recognize He's not going to go up the half wall. He's going back behind his own net. I'll cut that angle off. And and then he, and as Marty said, he didn't even attempt, oh no, I'll lay a slash on him. I'll put a hook on him. I'll do anything. I'll just let him skate back up, up to the top of the circles. And Travis Brown, good recognition, sees that all three of the clan players sort of get puck hungry. I feel like they all three go to the puck. And Browner comes down the left wing, bang, open as you like. Lovely slip pass through this, through, through a couple of players and it's picked up and it's scored well but that that effort has to be there the clan will be down there if they do not up their effort levels there's on no no doubt that they're in a, uh, a well-assembled team they've good goaltending i don't think they've got great goaltending i think they've got good goaltending but it is very early in the season marty rooney they say as david just said it was how i was going to open my question is that we are early in the season there is there is time for them to turn it around they turned it around last season they started off badly and they were able to fight their way into the playoffs so they there is a way for that to turn around but you know do they have the personnel to do that there was a lot of hype around the glasgow clan this year and a lot of people were saying top four you know more or less top half of the table and i i think the rebuild is going to be slow and they've nailed it there um it's going to take time i, de- I don't think they're going to come out and, and be a force with the you know the, the main teams the top teams at the minute they're going to have to find their feet and i think it's going to be a positive movement from what we have seen the last couple of years you know especially with with aaron murphy in there and with the new ownership and you know, they're all positive thinking hockey uh, guys and they, they will send them in the right direction but it will take time you know they, they can't just expect to be you know like the run we are on the but the Belfast Giants run over the last five six years under Adam Keith you know it does take time that process. Dave you've got a bit of analysis of Mark Cooper in the game. I want to, I want to talk about Coops because we um, you know made captain and I'm, I'm going to bring a little video up here I'm, I'm going to talk through it I'm um, hopefully I can pause at times as well here and talk through it some of the reasons why mark tvs need to coach russell told him i'd give him a mention as we always do um <laughs> calls him the mvp and he, he like the first year coops came in he called him mvp in october you know he didn't wait the christmas he didn't wait through the dog eggs or when we got to the the business part of the season when he when he was really dominating 
he called him early and again last season when he came back and now this season so especially on the power play Bart Cooper's got a really good habit of just going in if you see where I'm not sure who it is actually in front of the net for us but just the gap between those two in that little area by the post that's Coop's office you like but on the goal the 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 feed across so it comes back up the the wall to Gendron eventually here comes around Gendron at this stage so the goalie is in a good position he's came out square to the shot but just a little pump by by Mike Gendron just puts him down on his knees and at this point it's over to Coops. Now look where Kip, this is important now. Look where Coops' left foot is just as he releases this shot, right? Just right in the left-hand side of the hash marks there. Goalie's already down on his knees. It's a hard enough shot to save. And it goes, and it goes 1-0 to the Giants. But what I want to do there is roll on. Coops rolled out really nicely into that space. So he comes towards the puck, and then he just backs up at this point to give himself that wee bit of whip on the shot. If we go on to the next goal then, which I'll... Which I'll Come on, another power play opportunity for us later in the game. I don't know if you're listening on a, and you don't have the video here, I apologise. So this is why you should tune into the video version of this podcast. Um, I've, I've let that clip run. So we've got um, another power play, Ben Lake in the centre, um, Kieran Long and Coops. So there's two opportunities come on this. So the first one's a good face-off win by ben, ben Lake. We work it back. Coops goes into where he always goes, this little corner where I'm talking about, comes up with an opportunity in front. Then we'll roll on because we'll go back to the same circle. Oh, it's just going to, can I speed this up? Sorry. We'll go back to the same circle. The uh, the puck's won. There you've got Coops again, winning a second time, dishing it back out. Third time, it's still everything in this power play is going through Mark Cooper. Again, back to Coops, looking head up all the time, looking for passes, feeding it back to the point. I'm getting him a point here. Again, everything in this power play is being quarterbacked by Mark Cooper here. Puck goes in. Look where he's going. He's going to set himself up in that little slot. Yeah. Puck gets turned over. I hear Marty often talk. This is um, now they've had 35 seconds of power play time. That's like what Marty sometimes calls the chase and replace. You know, you've had your go. Get off. Get the, the second power play unit. Mark Cooper takes the puck here on the wall. Doesn't stop his feet moving the whole time. Works his butt off to get down low into his office again there the puck comes around the top see if i can just pause this at the right time here now as the puck remember the first goal where we were talking about coops picked it up in the right circle and reverses into the left hand side of the slot or the hash marks look where his left foot is right now the goalies had a look at this from the first goal the pucks came sort of the same direction goalies thinking shot this is what he's done the last time from exactly the same position the goalie goes for Mark Cooper's shot and it just opens up a perfect lane to Ben Lake at the back stick. Coops fakes a shot, bang, goal. So on like that just movement where he's going into the top of the circle, getting that left foot in, down hard, reversing back. At here, the goalie thinks shot and goes for it and bang, he's out of position. He's quite an aggressive goalie. He's put himself over there in the blue paint and there's no point going on. But like if we go on to the third goal, at this point, Whenever we're getting the puck up center ice, it's actually 14. I'm not sure who 14 is for the clan, but he's, he's the guy down center ice here. The two men, the two D men take center ice away and he's covering Coops. And at here, Coops just barrel rolls inside and he takes his eye off the puck or he keeps his eye on the puck, sorry, takes his eye off Coops ever so slightly and bang, he's yeah. just got himself 10 feet of space yes. there. Puck comes back to him and he just dwells on it ever so slightly and just takes his feet into the top of the circle again and releases a really quick release. 
and he's got two goals in the night and assist. Mala match performance, absolutely outstanding from the captain. It's exactly Marty what 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 Coops can do, isn't it? Yeah, well well done, Davy. Picking all out, you know, Coops hockey IQ, best in the team. You know, he he's been there about three years now. He know he was one of the most experienced guys, obviously. Um, Garside is most experienced, but you know he's in there with the likes of Jeff Baum now, Lake. You know, he's one of the experienced guys. He's running the show. And when you were pointing out there, Davey, what do you can see? Even when he's in an area where you think he's going to be static, he's not. His feet are always moving, so he had that left foot always just kind of in the hash marks, kind of into the you know face-off dot, and he'll kind of move it back up again. So the, the goaltenders are trying to set for him, but he's always not really showing his hands straight away and then think okay he's going to take a shot oh he doesn't he makes a lovely pass over to ben nick he's just he's just it's so good to watch him it's so good to have him on our team and an extra bonus with him being the captain this year rolling from the ship if he, if he does the same if he makes the same play every time if he shoots every time it becomes easy for good now goalies are having to think when market goalies study shooters and they know tendencies and they'll know Everybody coming down on them that are breakaway. If Aaron and Azarian's coming down, those goalies will have done their homework and they go, most likely he's going to go high glove, he's going to go low block or whatever it happens to be. You can't read what Coops is going to do there. You just can't read. He goes down in that low position just beside the net and of late he's been doing that sort of drag back in front to try and get a shot. But he's also just started feeding into the low slot, which is where you get more than 9 out of 10 goals in hockey come from that low slot. So, you know, He's so many strings to his bow. I don't know, Paddy, have you got, I sent you a message, have you got the best go saves one I sent through? I've got one marked Curdy shots block, but I don't want to Throw it on, save. throw it on. This is just an example. Um, Curdy's played 27 minutes on the night. Um, with I can pull it up here if you want, Paddy, I've got it. No, I've got it here, I've got it here. Um, Curdy's played 27 nice minutes on, on, on the night side again. There's a minute and a half left in the game. They've pulled the goalie, six on four. And Curdy there, throwing his body in front of the puck. Really, really hurt. He takes that in the knee, stays in the play. And Clan works so hard to get another shot. And he throws himself again. It's just like, this guy is a workhorse for us. This puck comes across back door. He's not even letting that get through to Besco. Everything. Two two opportunities within 30 seconds. And he's played nearly 30 minutes a game. And he's still throwing himself. He has been the guy for me on the back end that has impressed me the most. Despite having to carry so much load with Gendron being out and different different other reasons but just the sacrifice that these guys are willing to make shift in shift out for Adam Keith we'll talk about so for me we probably need to work ever so slightly in the face-off circle we're not winning enough face-offs so we're having to work to get the puck back but my goodness see when we get the puck we are a possession team we control all three zones and when the other team have it if they win a face-off we kill the neutral zone so they have to go in behind us we don't let them into our zone easy. We get in. The, we we carry the puck into the opposition zone a lot, rather than dump and chase it in. We're not a dump and chase team. We're a, a possession team. We've talked about it for what, probably ten years. The Belfast Giants about easy. puck possession. So start winning faceoffs, and all of a sudden that goes up even more, and we'll be creating so many more opportunities. The other video was Besco, and we talked about it at the start of the piece. Besco makes two unbelievable saves in the first period. One just before they score, and one just after they score that keep us in it. And Besco has been, we'll talk player of the month later. We we talked earlier about who our nominations might, might be. Besco is quietly and really commandingly going about his work. When we've needed him at the back end, especially early in that game, we've dominated early. 
we've got a five on three power play and they break away with a slight bad pass and Besco comes up with a lovely wee left pad save. So going about his business really, it's really hard because we're every month there's like Besco could be player of the month nomination every single month. You know, and yeah. we're we're shouting the day. Who's the standard of player that he is? Standard that he's giving you. He gives you an opportunity yeah. to win every night. Um, our D's playing really well, and at the minute the forwards are con- contributing as well. And you know, once those face-offs win for me start to come a wee bit more consistently, this team's got really good things ahead of it. Before we give the uh, fifth game, Morello, let's hear from the coaches after the game against uh, Glasgow. Obviously, another game won and lost in special teams. Um, at the first period, our just our, our urgency and our battle level was, uh, you know, we didn't match theirs and goes for five on five power play. The urgency has to match the work ethic of the PK and, um, you know, we gave up a power play goal and then the shorthanded goal. I thought, but we regrouped. I mean, after they scored that third goal, uh, you know, we didn't quit and we were able to come back in the game. I thought we had some good looks in the first, but Besco, he's a, he's a good goalie. They're a good team and... Um, but we found a way to get back in the game. And then obviously in the third, we, we gave up a, an easy goal. It was a three-on-three rush and, you know, failed coverage. And um, But we had our chances. With eight, eight power plays, more than enough uh, opportunity to, to get ourselves back in the game, but we couldn't. Well, I thought it was a, a good third period. You know, we knew that after uh, Glasgow's pushback there in the second period that we were going to have to be good in the third. Um, and then obviously we gave them some chances on the power play, but I thought our kill was good. Uh, I thought up until the power plays, I thought we were controlling the third period. Um, you know, so uh, there's a positive that you can play with a lead in the third period and, and do the right things and, and gut out that win. Um, you know, obviously I'd like to see that game played a little more five on five. You know, but these are the way, sometimes these games go that way and, and you need to find a way and our guys did that tonight. Highlights in that game are on Clan TV on YouTube and we move on to the following night where we travelled down the road to Kirkcaldy to take on the Five Flyers and it was a 1-0 victory for your Belfast Giants with Kieran Long getting the only goal and 31 minutes into the game. Jackson Whistle got the start for the Giants, 16 shots and a shutout. Shane on the other side, uh, 33 shots, one goal against. And uh, Graham Roger and Steve Brown, the best referee mm-hmm. for the East Coast, his mum told me that. Steve Brown, your referee. Uh, Marty, uh, <laughs> Fife are difficult in their own rink. They've got a bit of a new release of life under Tom Cullen. We saw what happened to the Glasgow clan there last week, and the Giants struggled against a team who were very tight defensively around Shane Owen. I thought both teams went at it. I think the Giants had a lot more opportunities to score. Shane Owen stood on his head like he normally does. And um, I think that they're, they're going to be dangerous this year. Um, I, I, I briefly spoke to the Taff on Sunday, and he was just saying, that was a tough game. They're fast. A lot of teams are going to be be aware of them this season. Um, but when we were in possession of the puck, I like what we did. I mean, we got a lot of shots. We see them, Kieran Long's goal there. You know, um, he was smart in that one. Normally guys would have took a, a quick wrist shot, but he's seen a lot of traffic. He was wanting to see what the scattering of players were going to do. And he done he just winded up for a, a half slap shot and just placed it nicely into the bottom uh, right-hand corner there. But um, yeah, you know what, for a 1-0 game, it was, it was a good game to watch. 
there'll be a few flashpoints in the game as well. You know, you, you look at the, the penalty shot that uh, that Theodore missed. Um, you also had the hit on uh, on Anton Eriksson, which was unfortunate. Not Nothing dirty about it, just unfortunate in the position that it was in. <clears throat> but these two teams, there, was, there wasn't much between them. No, I thought the first period sort of dragged in that there was a lot of penalty minutes in the first period. I think there was five minor penalties. So, you know, half the first... Half of the first period played either on the power play or the penalty kill, and for both teams, they couldn't get settled into any real rhythm in the game. Thought, you know, we mentioned Shane Owen playing well. I, I thought I really liked how Jackson played on Sunday night. I thought he's yeah. a lot more aggressive than he's been lately. His toes were right on the top of the blue paint a lot of the times. He's obviously made some big saves at crucial times. And this one, our, our, our guest coming up was heavily involved in it. There was, a, there was a breakout rush, and he just delays the pass on the blue line and sends Johnny Kernan behind the net, who... They give us so much time, and as, as says always calls at Gretzky's office, we had so much puck possession in behind our net where they sort of didn't really put too much pressure on us and were able to feed pucks out in front, and they seemed to be happy enough to defend that way. Um, it went against them once, obviously, later coming up. There's just such a... There, there's the feed-in from Bomber there, actually. Johnny Curran goes in down below. It maybe takes a ricochet off Oliver Cooper there, but just here, it, to be honest, Shane Owen does really well to even get his hand up the guess that the puck's going that direction there's that much traffic in front of them but again Kieran Long's had a, a really really strong month and you know talk about earning your ice time in hockey there's a guy at the minute that's really earning his ice time <laughs> you have to agree with that Marty yeah yeah 100% Davey's so good at analysing the game and uh, it's just a pleasure listening to the way he breaks it all down but um, just going back to, to Kieran Long you know for me he's been he's been standout this month you know at, at home he stepped up in a certain way, he's he's been very smart the way Mark Mark Cooper has. You know, you, there's times where you're watching longer play and you think he's going to make that pass, or sorry, you think he's going to take a shot. He he makes a pass. I think he, you know, just touching back on the previous game, yeah, um, McLeod, Matt McLeod, he actually fooled Matt McLeod. He got stuck in McLeod's feet. So he's just always kind of one step um, of the play. And when you have that, you know, you're 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 in top form as a, as a hockey player. Got to, got to say, Paddy, before you go, that is total, that is detailed preparation. That is breaking down what goalies are going to do. We talked about it, Longer actually talked about it in an interview about we know that um, Dundee goalie, Kevin Carr, very aggressive. So we know he's going to come out the top of his paint to get square on the shot. So if we can get across the Royal Road, you can, those backdoor tap ins, you know, similar to Katie on, on the other night, you know, you get the goalie out and you get him. Was it the first goal we were analysing? He gets squared up to the shooter, and yep. then the pass is made to get him. And you've got almost a, an empty. I know it's a shot from the the left side of the circle, but it's almost, if you like, an empty net shot. With I think with seven seven pops at the empty net. By the way, on Saturday or on Friday night against the club, we just couldn't round it out, and we allowed them to get a wee bit of pressure on us. But that that's what ended up uh, Charlie Curry having to do those heroic blocks at the end. But the 16 shots, I think, might even be on the generous side to five, whoever was counting them for them. You know, a really, really strong defensive performance game. And we talked in the in the previous section about defense coming from the three guys up front, clogging that neutral zone, forcing them in behind. And then we've got to step on them to go and, and, and clear pucks and make them continually come 200 feet at us. I thought, especially Friday night, we controlled, completely controlled the third period of the game bar a couple of minutes where they got a little bit of pressure on us when they were able to get the extra man on the ice and a couple of penalties we took that we wouldn't want to be taken but like Saturday night away to fight it was there you know they were going to be up for it and as I say after the first period I thought we were really really strong and that, that first period was a white 
it was horrible to even watch. Once we got a strong second period, it was just so bitty. We're on the yeah. penalty kill, then it we're was. on the power play, then we're on the penalty kill, then we're. And I'm not even going to say, and the, the calls were particularly bad, but you, you heard, we'll, we'll probably come on that later in the show, the reaction of the crowd at the end. They were especially incensed about the incident towards the end, which was just one of those really unfortunate. unfortunate. We're really glad the player's going to be okay. You know, it's just an unfortunate incident. And um, Ericsson's going to be okay. And, and unfortunately, he came out, tried to shift, but um, shook his head and, and it was, went it's off just posi- It was position on the board. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was nothing wrong with the hit itself. It was the momentum of the direction they were traveling. The hit pushes him into what is just a it's a dangerous part. No, we saw I'm, I'm surprised there's not. I'm the surprised that doesn't like happen that. more. Yeah. Well, Do you remember, remember the Brad, Brad Voth hit somebody? It was Voth hit uh, Sheffield Steeler. Sheffield Steeler. Uh, but his hel- he didn't have his he didn't have his helmet he didn't on. His helmet on properly. And, and his helmet, helmet came off and he hit the yeah. half boards. Yeah. Half ha- boards, like, it, it, it's a dangerous sport. Oh, we're glad he's is. okay. Um, let's get uh, let's get uh, the views of the coaches after the game against Five. Well, there are a lot of power plays, a lot of penalties. Uh, you know, I look at it this way. I look at uh, if we that it was a one one zero hockey game. We had our chances. We had a penalty shot. We had the first uh, fifty seconds. We I think we had two great chances. We score on those. It's different a different game. But uh, you know, they're a good team. They're, there's a reason that they uh, were the champions of the league, and they're and they're in the Champions League. They're a good hockey team. And we're uh, we're a work in progress, but but I felt that uh, we had our moments out there tonight too. You know, when you're killing, it's tough. We but I, you know again, I thought we did a great job killing penalties. We really we we came up big, um, and we had chances that to score. But you have to score. You know, you can talk about chances and. Uh, but you have to finish. The name of the game is to put the puck in the net, not over the net. And we, I thought we, uh, you know, we shot the puck wide, but we had our chances. I mean, it's a game, one nothing game. Anybody's hockey game out there. Yeah, I was very pleased with the game. Obviously, a ton of special teams there. Both teams' penalty kills very good. Both goalies were very good. So it was a great game of hockey. Um, myself personally would like to see it played out more five on five. I thought uh, five on five. I thought we controlled the majority of that game, and uh, weathered the storm there late in the third period there when when you guys made a push. And um, ultimately, you know, sometimes you're gonna have to win games one nil, two one. Um, and credit to our guys, they they got that one out and got it done. And we know it's a tough building against a very fast team, and uh, it's a big win in the Challenge Cup round robin for us. The uh, the highlights are from uh, Flowers TV on YouTube. Just briefly before we get to our first guest, who's very patiently waiting in the wings, um, the the status of the Challenge Cup Group A is that the Belfast Giants have played four games, won four games, sitting top, and they've played everybody now: Fife, uh, Glasgow, and Dundee. Uh, subsequently, in second, third, and fourth. Um, Marty, would you say Fife are probably probably the toughest opponents out of the three of those so far? I think personally, from the three Scottish teams we've played, I think Fife have been the best I've seen. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think okay, they, that little blip uh, against Dundee where we went two down, and then great management by Adam Keith to do the 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 time out to regroup and then and take it to Dundee. Yeah, I don't think uh, Glasgow or Dundee have really really bothered us. Um, but the five game, only a one goal in it. You know, 
anything could have happened. They had the the penalty shot instance, which I, I didn't. I thought was a bit of a a weak call by the ref. But uh, you know they could have went on to equalise her, and it could have been a different story. So for me, yeah, I think that's going to be the toughest opponent in, in that group. David, your analysis of the, of the of the Scottish teams we've played. Fife's a hard rink to go into. I'll I'll, I'll I'll save my analysis on Fife. I've seen them in in Belfast. Um, I think they were shut out a couple of games in a row and then they've gone scored six in Coventry. So they do have goals in them. Um, I just thought we managed defensively very well the other night. Uh, you know, we shut them down when we needed to. And Keeper just said they're five on five. We're pretty strong against them. And when you're playing the game shorthanded, even even when you're playing with an extra man, sometimes it's difficult enough to get some flow into the game. So I'll wait that we've seen, you know, we've seen Glasgow a few times now. We've seen Dundee and Belfast as well. So I'll reserve. It's very hard. I've watched the game two or three times now. And... I still don't think they were all that great, especially even strength. We were pretty dominant, so we, we overanalyze things at times. We have to see them in Belfast. Right. Uh, we, he's been waiting long enough, very patiently. We'd like to welcome uh, the fan agenda, brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. We've just been chatting about him. Davey mentioned his name there. Uh, our good Texan friend, Mr. Jeff Baum. How are you, mate? How are we doing? Good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for joining us. First of all, I'm purposely wearing my Ryder Cup T-shirt just for your dad. <laughs> I hope you had a, hope you had a lovely time at uh, at Marco yeah. Simone this weekend. The uh, the weather yeah, looked fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I think they had a good time. That's for sure. He'll, he'll be watching. He'll appreciate it. <laughs> I would take my hat off, but we're not playing that. <laughs> we just, we just, had, we just had. A, David just mentioned there about uh, about Fife and how Kirkcaldy is a difficult rink to go into. It's been the tightest game we've had since you know in the last couple of weekends is against Fife. What was your analysis of it? No, definitely. I think for you know the new guys coming to Fife for the first time is a little bit of a shock, not just the travel, but also just you know being in that arena. But I think we handled it well and did a good job of, uh, you know, making sure we put our working hat on and went to work throughout the whole game and, you know, stayed persistent throughout 60 minutes. It's going to take sometimes the whole game to cut one out or whatever it has to be. And I think that really showed some character early on on who we got in the locker room. And, you know, that pays credit to Kiefer and Thor. It's always doing a great job of bringing in such good guys every year. Obviously, we've come off the back of the the games against the uh, CHL teams. We've had a bit of a run in to start the season. Uh, it, it's really helped us hit the ground running, I suppose, coming into these Challenge Cup games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we play in that the Champions League, it's uh, some really good hockey, and I think everybody gets to see that when we play. But uh, I think that it's a really good test to start the year off with that, and you know, making sure that we're ready to go right off the bat, and uh, being able to travel together and get to bond even throughout the journey from going from here to Finland or wherever it may be. So I think that it's something that pays off throughout this season. Bomber, if I can be so bold, I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't ask all of us. I'm going to try and do a wee bit of video analysis with you here. Okay, yeah. so I don't know whether this will work or not. I don't want you to feel bad about this. Still because yet to convert tonight. We, we only had the goals from, we only conceded two goals at the weekend and you happen to be on the ice for both of them. No criticism. <laughs> Um, so this, this, this maybe isn't the best week to try and start this, but, um, so the, their first goal, obviously power play, they've just started a power play. It all starts with a face off when they win the face off. And if I roll it and then maybe you can just give a little bit of 
analysis where you think thing. I don't know whether you go go back to the Belfast and go through video or whether you do this kind of thing, but or whether you look at it yourself and think, could I have done something different? Could he have done something different? Could we have done right. something different? So just like a little. So it starts with a face off win, and then you say pause, David. And I'll you know and and let her. We'll let her run out for the first one. Yeah. So somebody should probably commentate <laughs> a little bit for people watching, <laughs> listening to it on their I mean, on their that's iPod a big here. Right there, that's a that's a good block right there. Right. So so in this position, just as he takes the shot, so for for people watching or, or listening just on an ordinary podcast, you might need to expand a little bit. But for people watching on video here, they can see the sort of setup. Basco, you're in front of, etc. Yep. Carry on. Sorry. Well, first first you can pay credit to you know the Glasgow's guy getting net front. He does a really good job. You're going to score a lot of goals by getting in front of the goalie and getting their heels on the paint. So good job to him. You know, looking at that, one thing, you know, as a defenseman, you can work at trying to prevent is letting those guys get there by boxing out, however it may be. But, uh, you know, I think, the, I think that Sanch that gets the puck up at the blue line, he's able to find a clear lane that, yeah. you know, uh, on, on the penalty kill, you got to do as good of a job as you can to get, get a block and, you know, make it as difficult for them to shoot the puck. But from out there, there's usually not much harm. And, you know, I think it was, Really good job by the guy net front being able to get a stick on it and just getting a tip and beating it past Besco. But, you know, uh, it's one you're going to have to work through as a group, but we'll keep moving. <laughs> yeah, so just 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 because I love trying to learn a wee bit, in that position you're in, is that is that the correct? You're, you talk about boxing that guy out who's gone in front of Besco. Mm-hmm. Should you be, should you have taken him or the other D-man taken him or defending in front of him the right place to be? You know, I mean, it's something, you know, we talk about with Besco too, that me and him have to have a communication on, you know, all, all D-man do, but from a shot from that kind of distance out, a lot of things that can happen is it could hit so many different things. It could ricochet so many different ways, not only from the guy's stick. So you, you want you want to be in a position where if you are not a hundred percent on making the block, uh, you're not making it more difficult for your goalie to make a save off, you know, hitting your skate and changing direction or something like that. So something from out there is just a communication between Besco and myself, you know, a pre-game, post-game, whatever it may be. And then, you know, to go back on what you were saying about boxing the guy out in that front, you never want to let somebody get in front of your goalie like that. So that's definitely something that, you know, looking back on, I wish you could do better, but, you know, you got to take take what you can and learn from it. Okay, right. Well, we'll roll on the second goal. Obviously, there's the little tip in front. I don't know whether I've hopefully haven't recorded a, a replay of that. Don't need to see that again. Um, but then, sorry about that. We'll, we'll scoot on. <laughs> um, so the second goal you were involved in again, Maybe a little a little poke check or a little slash to stick out of your hands, and from then this is really more just a bit of bad luck because you're it happens to come to the guy that you're there and battling in front of, and yep. he's got if you've got a stick in your hand, he probably doesn't get that shot away. So we'll let it we'll let it roll here again. Comes to you in behind. Oh no, it's the same one. Sorry, we'll watch it one more time. So we, <laughs> sorry, Jeff. It's all right. So uh, it's it's one here, and it goes in behind the net, and you go and actually pick the puck up. And then at this point, you're probably just looking to put it up the wall or maybe even round the back and the stick just gets whacked out of your hands. Where have we gone? Oh, oh yeah, yes, here, here it is are. right here. Yeah, well, you see here, he comes over the top. Yeah. Right, He, uh, my stick broke right there. So when he came over the top, I, he broke my stick. So the rule is if your stick breaks, you have to drop it, obviously, and you can't right. play with it. So uh, maybe a little bit of a missed call there by the ref, but... The thought that, I thought it was that quite a big... Was, I thought it was quite a heavy slash... On the first play, I didn't yeah. realize the stick had broke. I thought it actually just knocked it out of your hands, but no, it had so broken down at the bottom of the shaft. So when he came over the top, it broke. But to pretty funny, unlucky bounce there. 
I turn to the ref and I'm like, where's the call? Expecting there to be a penalty because you see I go to make the pass and the puck doesn't move. Hey, and ref. that's because the stick. Yeah, I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> and uh, puck goes up to the blue line. I turn and find a guy net front trying to box him out however way I can. And if you look right here, I give this guy a shove in front of the net and I push him yeah. exactly where the puck ends up bouncing to. That's just a little bit of unluck, unlucky yeah. bounce right there. <laughs> yeah. Which is, is just happens sometimes you get an unlucky you'll see it better here where you come back in and you just give him that little shove and it comes off the backboard and just falls straight to him right and, to where know. he needs to be yeah no um, definitely if um, i had a stick there it'd be a little bit easier to get a stick on puck and hopefully deflect that into the glass perfect well thanks very much for analyzing them for us marty oh yeah for sure hi jeff uh, garth martin here uh, pleased to chat with you um i'm a former player way back uh, 15 years ago uh, had two seasons with Giants, but um, I know this is your third season, and um, I just want to know how it feels now with it being your third season. How it compares to your previous two? Is Adam Keith now seeing you as one of the more experienced guys? You know to kind of go into areas where um, you know if we get a bit of injury, you know he wants you to kind of be you know playing a little more out of your depth, or you know being that that kind of second senior guy to the Gary who obviously. Is the most top guy in, in the team yeah so no i think question <laughs> yeah no all good no marty appreciate it thanks but uh you know i think that you know uh being a third year third year here and you know you just try and take guys and show them around and make sure that they're understanding things and help out whichever way i can on the ice or off the ice and make guys feel comfortable and at home and you know trying to get through what our systems are and how Kiefer operates and such like that and i think that one big thing about being a giant is that it's, you know, next man up attitude. And I think that goes from the top of our lineup all the way down that, you know, whatever it may be, you know, the start of the season, we had some unlucky injuries and some guys had to step up and play some big minutes. And I think that from the start top of our lineup all the way through, everybody understands that it's the next man up. And when your number gets called, it's your, your turn to really step in and make sure that you uh, help out in any way that you can. I think that just goes on the, the guys that Thorts and Keeper bring in that are leaders and you know want to lead by example and be uh, responsible on the ice, and I think that's just something that really pays homage to the Giants' culture. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I've commented a few games with Sis, and um, you know we we we've spoke a few times how you've kind of grew into the the position and, and grew into the, the confidence, and you know it's great to see you're kind of. You just threw in the deep end. It, it doesn't really matter, you know, who's on or who's out there. It's good to see that the trust is instilled in you, and and you're now looked upon as as one of the first guys to be out there. So, yeah, yeah definitely, it's awesome. You know, every, all the way through, every guy's so great, and I think that it's just really important that we all just keep building relationships and keep moving forward for sure. One of the final questions from from myself. Sorry, Marty, are you finished? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, one of the, one of the final obviously, you know, we've got. You, Two games this weekend against Cardiff, against Guildford, and then we go back into the, into the CHL for the game against Red Bull, Red Bull Salzburg. So how's the prep? Obviously, only ever thinking of the next game, only ever thinking of Guildford. But is there an eye to you know the, that game against Salzburg at home? Uh, I mean, most definitely. I think that you know we know our position in the Champions League and where we're at and uh, i think that we're put ourselves in a pretty decent spot to be able to make a push and try and go as far into this tournament as we possibly can but you know i like you said at the end of the day we got to make sure that we focus on the next game ahead of us and i think that 
this weekend's going to be a you know a true test and a really good test for a lot of the new guys and to get to uh, go out and play a regular season game finally and see what it means to uh, play in the EI. Obviously, one of the things I like to do now is uh, it's the uh, something I like to do is maybe put you on the spot like we've often done hmm. with some of the boys. Uh, it's play of the month time for September. We asked everybody to give their nominations as to who they thought was September's player of the month. And from those nominations, we've drawn up a short list of four. And here they are. Number six, Jeff Baum. Number 34, Tyler besker Owani. Number 43, Quinn Preston. Great hair. I love his hair. <laughs> and a man who deals with the hair, 89, Kieran Long. Um, I'll come to you last, Jeff. Uh, oh. I'll start with you, Davey. Uh, from those four, who are you picking? <laughs> Jeff Baum's oh, just down there. That's that's <laughs> a tough one with Jeff Baum being just down, down there. We do this all um, the time. I love it when, I, I love it when I, one of the nominees I did say earlier, I, I hadn't seen the nominations that have been coming in on Twitter. I hadn't been reading Twitter at all. That Besco, for me, has given us a chance to win every game. I think he's been phenomenal. Longer has... Um, has there's a couple of guys there. Quinn Preston, you, you've got to expect it to be up in and around there every single month. That's what the expectation will come with being one of those high-end imports. Um, Bomber and Longer go about their business in such an understated professional way. And it's almost when they get elevated to other player of the month, it's like, yeah, they've been really superb since they came out. I'm, I'm going to stick with my, my gut, which... It isn't usually too far. He'll not get it because he gets it every other month. But best go for me, player of the month this month. Gareth Martin, sorry for the September <laughs> player of the month. Well, when you asked me earlier, I did say longer, but um, <laughs> when Sis put up his, his uh, <laughs> when Sis put up his um, his reasoning to, to choose Jeff Baum, yeah, I'm still on the on the fence for that one. So uh, do, do I really need to choose you? Yeah? Yes. Yeah, me choose. Putting you on the spot. The great thing is, the, the great thing is, Marty yeah. is you can tell us it's Jeff Baum, and then when it actually comes to vote, you just vote for somebody else. <laughs> That's how the conservatives get into well, power sometimes. It's a no. Well, look, initially, initially, I did um, think of, of Kieran Long, so I, I'll stick with Kieran Long. But no, certainly, says put a good point in for for Jeff Baum, and it's been it's been tight. So uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not turning on that decision. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> and uh, what about you, nominee Jeff Baum? Other than yourself, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You Baum. don't get away with this, Patrick Smith. <laughs> Who's your nomination, Patrick Smith? Uh, um, see, I sort of agree with your reasoning. The fact that you know Quinn Preston, I would expect is probably going to be a nominee, especially the fans if he keeps playing at that sort of you know he, he's sort of that skill level that 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 really shines, really pops out you game after game. So I think he's going to appear again. Besco's going to appear again. It is between it is between um, Longer and uh, and Jeff Baum for me. So while he's here, I'm going to say Jeff Baum. So Jeff Baum, <laughs> who you who's your vote going for? Um, you know, I kind of piggyback piggybacking off what all y'all said. I think that you know Quinn's definitely going to be one of those household names throughout the season. He's going to score some huge goals for us throughout the season, and you know, he also works hard up and down the ice. We all know what Besco can do. I mean. He, like you said, Davey, he can steal a game any given night. You know, I think, I think for me right now, <laughs> Rory gets the Rory gets it. Rory. Jeff, Jeff Baum's dad, Jeff Baum Senior, says Rory McIlroy. So uh, he won't even vote for his son. Shocking. Can't even take that one. 
But, uh, I, you know, for me, I think I'm going to go with Longer. I mean, he, like you guys are saying, he shows up every day. He does the little things right. You know, he gets re- he's been getting rewarded of late. And I think, you know, did a good job of cutting my hair over the week. So I think I got to pay respect to Longer and, you know, give it to him for this one. <laughs> and, and I think we have to, as we do at this stage in every show, Patty, where can you get your hair cut if you need to, if you're stuck in Belfast? Sorry, you cut out there for a second. I didn't where, where can you go if you need a, a good haircut anytime in Belfast from Kieran Long? <laughs> go to Hold Fast, to Orange Field Lane. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the voting for the no, the voting for the uh, the September Pair of the Month will open at nine o'clock on Wednesday morning on Twitter. We'll put them all up on our socials and close on Saturday. And the winning player will receive the coveted. The biggest award in elite league hockey, the coveted A View from the Bridge Player of the Month award at the next home game. Big thanks to Phonacab as always for the continued support. And a big thank you. Go on, Davy, for and, and as you say, Jeff, you can vote for Kieran Long on air, but you can vote for yourself on Twitter and no one will ever know. <laughs> awesome. Bomber, thanks very much for your time. Yes, thank you, thanks Jeff. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. Big, big thanks to Jeff Baum for joining us. Yep, we said uh, the, the Player of the Month Award is said open on Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. on our Twitter account. Get your votes in and um, get your votes in and we will find out who the Player of the Month for September is on Saturday. Right, time to move on. The Belfast Giants will face Cardiff. Uh, well, we faced them in pre-season, but for proper elite league this Sunday. Um, so when we want to get a lowdown on the Cardiff Devils, there's only one man that we call up. That is the former Bracknell B, Todd Kellerman. How are you doing, man? Good, good, good. Never gets old, hey? Never gets old. Ne- never, ever, <laughs> ever gets old. Um, so, give us what do you think of the way that the Cardiff Devils have started the season? First of all. You want my vote for player of the month or do I don't know? Give your vote. Give your vote for player of the month. <laughs> because we know because we know you watch every Giants game anyway, so you should be I, well I truly do watch every every Giants game. I watch way too much hockey once the season starts, Davey. You know that. Um I mean, well, I, I vote I vote for defensemen every time. I'm uh I'm I'm partial defenseman. I'm gonna go with Jeff Baum. Plus I I just watched this whole interview and he seems like a good guy. I've never met him, but He's- um, seems like a good guy. Phen- phenomenal hair. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I need a haircut from Kieran Long when I'm over there. But um, yeah, no, seems like a good guy. He's uh, I think he's improved every year he's been with you guys. So um, I'm going. You, I'm going for ball. You think he's got good hair? Have you seen Quinn Preston? I don't know. That's just things I, that you can only dream of, Patty. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. <laughs> let, let me jump in there, Patty, before we come to talk about questions. This sort of stick with the the Jeff Bomb theme there. Coming out of the NCAA as a first-year pro into Belfast, it helps you come into a winning culture. And, and the Giants obviously went on and won the league. Second year, he comes back, will win the Grand Slam. He's performing in the Champions Hockey League. Is that enough of a dig for you there? But how do you, um, how do you, how do you know? Is it just you have to just take a chance on these guys? I know you do a big pre-scout, and Thorts is very thorough in all on what he does. But picking a guy out of the NCAA, there's always a risk element, and he's came with a massive upside, which is still on an upward trajectory. Yeah, no, I, th- I think like, I think, you know, the, the friendship for, I, I don't know, I'm assuming he probably played in the friendship for, that's where Thorts probably saw him. Or no, he didn't, he played for AIC. Did he play for AIC? No, he didn't, you're right, he's international. He played he's AIC, a, AIC yeah. American I, International, College. international College. Both those guys, both Kiefer and Thorts are obviously good recruiters. And I think with, I think sometimes it's easier to take a, a risk on a defenseman because you can look at him and be like, if he skates well and he moves the puck well, 
and he fits into your system. And I think like, you know, Kiefer plays a pretty fast system and, and, uh, and I think he's probably got particular guys in mind and it's not always the guys, the flashiest guys with the most points that fit in, in those spots. And I think, I think he was given him an opportunity and he, and he ran with it, you know, but you know, it happens, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good to see when players do that. Like, I, I mean, you know, I never want to see you guys to see you guys doing well, you know, that, um, but, uh, but I res- but I respect uh, I respect that because you know if I'm being honest that like someone someone gave me a shot right out of NCAA hockey for this league and I would have never you know you, you get one chance and you get one year to kind of prove yourself and and he did just that and had some success and um, and he's made a career out of it so good for him you know we we we've just been made unofficial again Robert Fitzpatrick has just texted me to say he did play in the Friendship for Province so sorry Robert for Province <laughs> yeah. there you go same um. Bringing it back, uh, I'm actually going to change my first question. Um, you've made some changes, quite significant changes in, in Cardiff this season. One of them being the, the changing of the head coach and bringing in Pete, the, the former Castle Ray Knight goalkeeper, uh, Pete Russell. <laughs> that was, that was the, I don't know who came up with that or how long you guys have been waiting for that. that. That made my day. Me and Pete just laughed at that. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Must I can remember him playing. Must have been Sis holding on to that one for a while, hey? Just, <laughs> was, that, was, that was 1996. I can remember him playing. You probably remember, David. That's hilarious. Well done to you guys. Did you <laughs> score against him, Marty? No, I was really junior at that time. I was really, at that time. Did you score against him, Marty? <laughs> 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 he had a goal, he had a goals against average of 17.12. You know, come on. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but obviously, obviously, you know, Pete Russell you know, and has has a, has has had his successes in Germany and the likes of that. And then you made the decision to bring him into Cardiff. Was that a tough decision to make? No, I, I made it. If I'm being honest, I made it. Like I didn't, I didn't make it. Like I didn't sign him or anything. But my, you know, I met, I started talking to him at probably Christmas last year. Like when he, I I started talking to Pete. A couple years ago, he wanted to be, he wanted to, he wanted, he talked to me originally uh, ahead of the COVID year. And, and he said, you know, you, you haven't even asked to interview me. And I said, because I know there's not going to be a season. I just can't tell everyone that we're interviewing that there's not going to be a season, but you've got a job in Germany. Let's go back to Germany. And then he went back and um, he, he ended up getting a job in the DEL. He ended up getting fired from there. And, um, and then we started talking seriously. That was probably around Christmas time last year. But we were we were doing well at that point. We were, you know, it's hard to make a change mid-season when you're doing well. And uh, and then he went back to Germany um, in, in the DL two, and then did really well, won the championship. Um, but he had an out to come back to this league. Thank God. Um, honestly, it, it's great. I, I love working with him. I I I, I kind of knew him. Like I knew him as an acquaintance. I you know I I had a couple beers with him now and then, but I didn't really know him the way you know someone. Uh, when you spend every single day with them. And I, I absolutely love working with them. Um, just, just a joy to work with. You know, I've, I've been very lucky. I've had some phenomenal coaches to work with, um, you know, top of my list, you know, being obviously Andrew Lord, Steve Thornton, Doug Christensen, all, all three of them were just great guys to work with. Paul 80 just for one year, but, um, but you know how close when you have a great relationship, I, I think I had a, an incredible relationship with all three of those guys with thoughts, you know, with what we went through when we were kind of a two man job and, and Brooksy as a, as a, as an intern. And that was kind of our entire management team. And, and, you know, with Doug, we went through a lot together and won a league. And, um, and then with Lorda, we had a lot of success here in Cardiff and, and Pete just, 
uh, you know, when you, you got to be buddies with the coach, you got to be pretty tight with them. And, and I, and I feel like me and me and Pete are, are pretty tight right away. And, and he's got a great personality that, that, you know, we laugh a lot and we have a lot of fun, but we, uh, you know, we talk hockey 99% of the time. So it's good. Well, talk to me a bit about culture, culture being so important around hockey, good culture, especially what has Pete changed from last season that has made things incrementally better? Um, if I had to sum it up, I think the biggest thing is just accountability. I think, you know, I think it's probably one of, if, if I can compare him to Kiefer, um, cause you guys know how much I think of Kiefer and how much I respect him as a coach and as a, and as a player, I think the best coaches hold their co hold their players account uh, accountable. And I think that's one of Pete's best, uh, probably biggest strengths. I think that's, you know, I, I think Kiefer's really good at that. I think that was something we probably struggled with the last couple of years, holding guys accountable. Nobody likes hearing the bad stuff, but if, if you, if your coach can't tell you the bad stuff, he's not telling you the bad stuff to be pissed off at you. He's telling you the bad stuff to improve you, to make the team better. And I think when players can kind of understand, okay, he's, you know, yeah, he's picking on me or he, or he's pointing out my, my flaws or showing what I did wrong in video, but it's, it's in a, it's in a positive way so that we can get better as a team and, and Pete kind of address that right from the start. And, um, and I, I love I love his style. I love the way he works with people. I love that he's good at the awkward conversations because not a lot of people are good at the awkward conversations. But in a leadership role in in any business, but especially in sports, most of your life becomes awkward conversations, whether it's with staff or with players or whatever. But um, and he and he handles those really well. So, Todd, I want to we'll, we'll get away from Cardiff party. I'll come back. On the, on the upcoming game this weekend, I want to talk about the guy that well, he's to your right on my screen, forty one today. By the way, happy birthday again, Marty! Um, happy birthday, Marty, forty one. You're you're like twenty. <laughs> Marty's Marty's like twenty four in my head every time I yeah. see him. <laughs> so this, this this was kind of a question I, I was going to ask you about because we do look in the mirror and still think we're twenty two, twenty three. Whatever year was two thousand and four. I'm going to say something like a two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. When when Marty you was had... Marty was two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, so two thousand. Stewie took over. Um, Marty, Mo, Christmas, Jimsey. I'm trying to think. Of, Paul Sample was probably there one year already. Yeah. Um, so... These guys came in. You, according to the Belfast Telegraph article I was reading earlier on, Todd Kelman still hasn't told Rob Stewart whether he's going to play again this season. But you did, and you remember these young guys all coming in. How did things change back then for you, Todd? Because I know we've talked to Paxton and Wardy and all, and they were like, what are we doing here? You know, this has become almost like a, a rec league at time. You're going to Basingstoke and maybe eight nil up after 25 minutes or something. How important has that been? Because ever since those guys came in, you can see in the crowd in Belfast, and you'll see it in Cardiff as well, how important it is to have some sort of local representation. It just gives something extra to the, to the supporters. Yeah, no, I, I think... Um... I think Marty and Mo and and Chris Majimsey and Graham Walton, like I, it's a shame that they they were at the time they were because I think like imagine like if 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 they had what what you guys have now this rink this ownership group and, and nothing it's not it's not saying the owners at the time I'm saying the fact that you know the Odyssey Trust own the rink and own the team and they've kind of made made the, the SSE Arena the home of the giants. And, you know, like, I mean, I don't have to describe it. It's, it's, it's very different now. It's much better. Um, but like, I think when they came in, 
it, it was, it was a tough situation because they hadn't really played pro hockey before, but for me, I don't know if I've ever enjoyed hockey more than when, when the guys from Northern Ireland started playing with us. Like those are my funnest years with, with, um, I, I just absolutely loved it. Like the guys used to like a lot of the imports used to laugh. Cause I, you know, Marty, I hung out with you. I hung out with Gimper. I hung out with, uh, Mo, like my little crew there was the, was the local guys. Uh, Shane Johnson was like that too. We used to laugh. We'd be like, these guys are so, they're such good guys. And we didn't know what to expect to be honest with you. But, um, I absolutely loved having them on our team. I thought it was, I thought it was so fun. Um, even better that they were from Belfast, you know, like it always mattered more. The, the Giants always mattered more to those guys for sure. Um, but it, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think it was, you know, the elite league going from the super league to the elite league that first year was tough because you went from like an all import league and, uh, and, you know, basically salaries went got cut in half. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you have these, these guys that, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, pro, well, wouldn't have played in the super league. And then it kind of built up from there. But if those guys hadn't come in, they laid the path for every single Brit that's playing now, you know, like it's, I mean, all the guys that are playing now um, have, have you guys to thank Marty, you and, and Mo and Wally and the guys that kind of laid the path for them because the elite league wouldn't have been here. Wouldn't still be here if it wasn't for those early years. Like it, it's the longest the, a league has existed, I think without too much change um, in, in, you know, in, in uh, the UK. If you think like, how long did the super league last nine years or something like that? If that, maybe seven years, seven years, I think. Seven, um, yeah. And, and it's a stable league now, you know, like 10 teams that, that are surviving. And, and, you know, I'm, the, the Super League was like, well, do you remember the last year of the Super League? We dropped three teams. Um, total farce. And, um, but yeah, like just some good guys, like just real good guys. We had, we had some hiccups. I remember the first team party we had, Marty. And uh, I can't remember, I don't even want to bring up the name, but like, I'm pretty sure one of the local guys with like one of your buddies, head butted <laughs> head butted someone at the party and, and mo was mo was yeah. rapping and and like me and colin were going what the hell have we gotten ourselves into here man <laughs> These it, yeah. islands are nuts you know but um but yeah as the year went on it's it's those are those are some <laughs> of the best times uh like chris mcjimsey chris every team should have a chris mcjimsey on their team like one of the funniest guys i've ever met and just a just a great teammate you know but take on that, Marty? Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, no, yeah, thanks, thanks to you and the likes of Shane and Paxton, you took us under your wing and, and you know you embraced us and like even even when you used to see our buddies and used to used to drop I mean, remember you used to make your lip quite high. It was like the Belfast lip and the hard man in the party. Belfast yeah. um, imitation of the locals. Yeah, I was good at that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, <laughs> but no, yeah, you, you took us on and um, yeah, you. You know, you, we we couldn't really shoot the puck properly. We couldn't really, you know, you, and the practice used to used to um, show us how to shoot it correctly and and take it from there. But um, you know, look look what you did with the likes of Mo. You brought him on to become assistant captain. You know, Wally went on to do great things with Great Britain as well. So you know, you definitely brought the best out of us, which is which is very much appreciated. Yeah, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. I thought Davey was coming back in there, but no. oh, I, I would. I, of course, was, come back. It was just dreaming. He had a bubble of Mo, Mo train. It just kind of went above his head. That was just. I was just 
taken me back but, to but, like. Sorry, really David, before times. you do though, because one one of the things I was thinking of there is the idea of the the nickname the Motrian. I that came from an interview with Todd Kelman, where he, I think you were I, I you were, say, you were talking about how he had come off the ice, basically referring to himself as the Motrian in the third person, and that was in the paper. I remember that. Yeah, I feel like no, I gave him the Motrian nickname, and and then he started <laughs> talking about himself in the third person, and then it became, <laughs> it became this 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 thing, you know, like. Um, I just can't imagine it. Like, honestly, can you imagine if like some local kid was playing now in the situation, the crowds you guys are getting and stuff like that. And he was from Belfast and calling himself the Motrain. My God, he'd be a hero, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. He just kept on feeding him and hyping him up. Yeah, Mo, you can do this. You can do that. And he's just like laughing up and going with it. Yeah. Mo, Mo would literally do anything, anything I asked him to do. Just like anything. <laughs> Absolutely anything. He was just so excited to be there. I, I love that kid. It's funny seeing him because I'll see him in Belfast and he'll tell me about like his computer software job and his family and stuff. And I'm like, who's this guy? You know, what happened to us all? We all got old. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good crew. And I, I, I got to be buddies with like all your buddies too. Like the guys that didn't, didn't necessarily play hockey, but just, just a good crew of guys, you know? I just uh, like, uh, Andre Payet's uh, passed away a year ago this week and I, I remember telling the story Mo was going down I think it's just the left wall and Andre Payet could could really have killed him could have killed him and he gave him a free pass and it, I think he just shot at the goalie shot and it's just the, the player's blown dead and Payet just skates over him sort of taps him and literally tells him I could have killed you there just keep your head up you know he, 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 he didn't need to kill this you know, yeah. ten stone breadth. You know, so he, he had a bit of class about him, Andre, as well. But um, what I was going to ask you, like that picture earlier on that I was looking at, was Stewie handing Marty his shirt in the locker room, and it was like a picture in the Belfast Telegraph. A quick word for Rob Stewart. There's we have unsung heroes. We talk about Taff all the time about he needs more praise for what he does. Stewie's been about all but one and a wee bit season. He came back the Theo year, scores on his return debut. And never went away again. Like he's been something special to the organization. No, he, um, Rob Stewart, uh, like it, it's funny because, you know, one of the things that's interesting, and I, you know, I was, I was just away in Finland with, with Thorts actually, and, and we were talking about this. It's, you know, like there's a lot of your crowd, there's a lot of my crowd. We compare like, you know, the difference in when your crowd grows and grows. And I said, you know what, the best thing and the worst thing, like I would say 90% of your, your crowd don't know who Paxton Schulte is, you know, which we all talk about it. And there's probably some diehard fans that still watch it and they remember who it is. And, and the sad thing is they don't, they don't even know who Rob Stewart was because he was an unsung hero when, even when he was a hero. But if you, you know, you're, I'm sure some of your players watch this and, and if those guys should, they should, they should elite prospects search Rob Stewart and see what kind of numbers he put up and see, I mean, he was probably a four time first team all-star in this league, right? Like I, I can't remember. I played with I played with Stewie three years in Bracknell and and all my time in Belfast um bar when he like went away and coached in Sheffield. But um he, he's he, I mean Rob Stewart was like the first guy like if if guys talk about someone taking them under their wing and it's weird because I'm 48 years old now and and God that makes Stewie 57. But Stewie when when I met Stewie he was 20, he was 31 and he was this you know, he's the best player on the team and he was the captain and, and he was such a good guy. And he used to take us like if Marty, if you think we took you under his wing, he used to take us when we were in Bracknell, take us on the, the pub crawl, his, the Stewie pub crawl in London once a week, a Monday mandatory for all the young guys. Right. 
Um, and <laughs> we'd meet him in London after practice because he was living in London at the time. And uh, just a phenomenal guy. But like as a, as a player, like just, I mean, the, the, be- the bigger and better the league got, Stewie just kept getting better, you know? And, and, and I think sometimes, you know, there's guys that have played for you for probably three or four years that never think like, I wonder what kind of player this guy was. And, and, mm. and I mean, they all, you know, like it's the same with George. It's the same with Mace. Um, you know, everyone's probably looked up Kiefer when they, when he's their coach, but these assistant coaches had great careers here, but like Stewie, Stewie's probably one of the best in the super league, probably one of the, maybe one of the best defensemen, um, you know, definitely in giants history, but maybe in UK history, you know, something makes me think Stewie never missed a game in the super league. He didn't Iron man for his whole, his whole super league career. So, so when I, so me and Stewie, so I was a year behind him and I never missed a league game. Uh, and, and then we got to the playoffs the one year and I, I got one of those, you know, when you fall on your elbow and your bursar sack explodes and, and I had that, like my arm was swollen from like basically had to be drained and I missed the one playoff game. And, and so, so I kept the regular season streak, but he was always a year behind. So then when he became coach, remember he was the player coach and I used to tell him, I'm like, I've never missed a regular season game. I just need you to miss one. Then I've got to play like another 50 and then I pass you. And he, when he was our player coach, Marty, that for sure, Stewie would dress and he'd play like three or four shifts just so that he wouldn't miss the game. <laughs> and I think it was just so he could keep that streak going because he knew I was like hot on his heels, even though I'd missed the playoff game. But I, I'd be like, just sit out a game, man. Like, let the guys play. Just yeah, he, he was, <laughs> And he never did. So, but I mean, he was, all these he was guys playing. that miss games, like, you know, like players nowadays, everyone talks about their era being harder than the new era, but like, you know, guys miss games. They miss a game. Then they're like, you know, they miss a Saturday. They play Sunday. They miss Sunday and they play the following Friday. Like, it's not like guys didn't get injured back then. It's not like Stewie didn't play with broken hands or, or hurt ankles or, or separated shoulders. Like, he played through all that stuff, you know? He, he got one of the worst cuts I've ever seen on his face. And I think he – I don't even know if he missed a game. He probably put a visor on and played the next week, you know? So, he's just a warrior. One, one of my favorite guys I've ever met in hockey, for sure. Sammy Kitchen just dried himself. I don't, you don't know if you saw. Her, you wouldn't have seen earlier, Todd. But uh, we had Simon on earlier, and uh, he was he's on where holiday. Is he? and he ju- where is he? Where is he? New York? New York? We'll say New York. But yeah. uh, he did tell us. Obviously, he wasn't listening. But he did jump into the. Uh, he jumped into the swimming pool fully clothed, just for us. But uh, it's, it's good to see Tim Coleman back on the best podcast nearly lately. <laughs> I'm I'm going to drag this back to the Cardiff Devils, Todd. Um, I do have a list, but I'm only I'm not going to go through them all. But I did have a list of th- things to bring up with you. One was the rebrand, one was the rebuild, one was the new coach, which we've done, and the other one was those chains. Which I'm going to put the chains to the side. Talk because... about the chains. Talk about the chains. <laughs> My God, talk about an overreaction. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> Can but, I ask you a question? Go on. Did, did the idea come from the Calgary Stampede? You know, I used to go back there and, and party. Yeah. Well, no, like you know what? Every every NHL team sells chains, those big chains with their logos on. Obviously, they're taking the piss, right? Like it's not a serious thing. <laughs> and and for like three years, we've seen because like we'll see we'll see like high like I've seen highlights of, of NFL games, of NHL games, and all the kids have these chains on with the logo. And so I kept saying, we got to get those changed. And then when we went back this summer, one of the owners, um, his son had one. And I was like, let me feel that. And we were just like, we got to find these. So we just we just found it. We found the company and ordered them. And honestly, they're we're, we're, we're taking the we're obviously taking the piss of them ourselves. Like we had Goldie looking chain at our Are game. You this week. 
And um, <laughs> and like, I don't know if UK hockey fans just take themselves so too seriously. Like people were writing into us going like, why are you guys giving yourself medals after every win? And I'm like, oh my God, we're, it's a joke. Like it's a joke. Don't take things so seriously. But, it is a joke. But how much are they, Todd? They're 22 pounds. Do you know what they are to yeah. buy in? Well, I mean, Patty, what do you think? They're cheaper than they are in America. Do you know what they are in America? Like $45. $45. When was the last time you bought like anything half decent for less than 20 pounds? Though? They, they we're probably making, honestly, I think we're making about three or four pounds a chain. And and it's the whole point is, and with the amount we're giving away to people, like Goldie looking chain, we had to give eight of them away. Um, <laughs> but like, we're probably going to break even. I, it, it's just one of those things that I always wanted to do. And, and I wanted to, you know, it, I, I love stuff like that. I love doing different merchandise and I don't, I just don't know when things got so serious, like that, that fans. Do of you wear team. one? What's that? Do you wear one of the game? Do I you wear one at home? I wear a gold <laughs> chain, but I will wear one on Halloween. I will hundred percent wear one or I'll dress up as, I'll dress up as goalie looking chain or I'll dress up as Ali G and I'll wear one. Right, there you go. You heard it here first. That's you're going to be held to that. This has come on the back, obviously, Todd, on the rebrand and yeah. the brand new logo and the, yeah. and the approach to that. Why? Why change? Obviously, it, it's yeah. We did it, and it's worked out very well for us. Is that the reason why you think there, there needs to, there needs to be a rebrand, a, a sort of not a new identity, but but a fresher no, identity? I mean, we had we had a similar logo to the Giants one, right? Designed at a time when logos were. You know, like in the 90s and early 2000s, logos were designed with lots of detail. It was like graphic designers showing that they can do all sorts of stuff and lots of shading and lots of angles. And it was a very detailed logo, just like the original Giants one with whatever, five different colors. And we, we didn't have five different colors, but we had all these designs and it was there was no symmetry to it if you actually look at it. And it was we put it on a shirt and just like the old Giants logo, you'd wash it a couple of times and it would, you know, crumple up and and. It's a good logo. Like, it's not like I don't like the old Devils logo. It's, it's, we wanted a flat logo that you could produce on merchandise that, that was, that didn't have the word, the name of the team in it. Um, and yeah, like it, it, we didn't, we didn't do it because the Giants rebranded, but I mean, seeing what you guys did and how many jerseys you sold. Yeah. Like it, it makes sense to, to update your stuff. And like, if I'm being honest, like it's, you know, the stories about like, you know, like people are like, oh, I was at the rebrand. It was crickets. No, it wasn't like these people, <laughs> yeah, that stuff there. What happens in hockey is people, people wait, they go online and they see what people think. They come on and they see like, what do those guys think? Because people don't want their own opinion. Like on the night people were coming up and, and saying how great it was. They gave, they clapped, they give a huge ovation to the guys that designed the logo and anyone that tells you difference, just lying. And, um, and there's some, some of our fans are pissed off and honestly, I don't care. I don't care if they're pissed off about it. It's a logo. It's like, People are like, well, people aren't going to know it's the Cardiff Devils. Yeah, they are. They still know it's Cardiff Devils. It, you know, like, and and what it was is there was a lot of, if I'm being honest, there was a lot of Devils fans, or there was a lot of, a lot of Giants fans and a lot of Sheffield fans trolling our fans, just like our fans did to your fans when when you guys rebranded. Like, is you can talk about your rebrand now that it was the most successful rebrand ever. I've saw lots of people bitching about your rebrand, and I was defending, and I was like, it's a way better logo. It's flat. It's it's like it's like. Uh, like when you when you go down to like a flat logo you can produce it yeah you can produce it way better um and yeah like when i saw that and talked to thorts about how much money you made um there's neil braden saying it actually looks better in person i don't know is neil braden the pilot guy yes 
Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Neil. You can have a free chain. <laughs> Cut this. Gosh, you can't really. You can't really. Um, uh, no, but like, like I, 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 it's the exact reaction I thought that was going to happen, and and yeah. then a week later or two weeks later, nobody was really talking. There's a couple. But, there's a couple but that's it. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut to cut in. But that's it. I remember when the the Giants did the uh, did the rebrand, and uh, I was, we we had a bit of a look at it before because yeah. we were going to put it out a little bit through through our show, and. I remember having a conversation with Sinead Doyle, who was sort of leading the way on, on that sort of um, the PR side of it. And I remember saying to her, you're going to get 40% of people who are going to be like so set in their ways that they don't want to change it. They don't want to change it. It's been the same for 20 years. We don't want to change. We like it the way it is. And, yeah. those, and then you'll have people who love it. And then you'll have people who don't care. And then it says, when we get to about October, November, nobody's going to give a crap. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. And then it, and then it's just what you can do with it, right? Like, and 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 you know, like it's, it's it's like anything. It's like anything of social media, right? Like, um, people, it spins out of control. And 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 there was people there. I'll give you examples. There was people that I saw on the night, and on the night they're like, I actually really like it. I think it's way cooler when you see it next to the other two. It looks great. And then, and then they go home and they see that you know, uh, you know, I don't know. Patty Smith, 65, said it sucked. And so, and he is a big influencer. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, it does suck. And so then they change their mind. And then that same guy's in line the next morning buying, like there was a lineup the next morning to, to get jersey and stuff. And I'd be like, are you going to put that online? I saw what you were saying last night. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not going to put anything positive online. You should see what people are saying online. So, and I'm not saying it's all about the money, even though that's that's another thing. Todd Kelman's all about the money. That's why I did it. Um, it's you have to measure it in how popular it is. Right. And you have to measure about how many jerseys you sell and how many hats you're selling. And we're selling double the amount of merchandise we were selling before. And, and um, a lot of people that complain, like there's like, there's, there's a few, a few of the older guys, which I knew and they'd be pissed off and they're, and, and they're mad about it. And they also haven't bought a Jersey since it was current oil, which is the sponsor in 1987. Right. So <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to please everyone. And, and, you know, they've got to have a reason to be pissed off at sometimes. And I think back in the day, you know, a lot of fans have this thing where it's always been them against the club. And I think in Cardiff, especially there's for years, it was them against the club because they, they were battling with owners that hadn't paid the players or stuff, or they, or they, you know, were battling for players to get the money they were owed from the summer. And, and it, when I got here, I noticed that there was this like underbelly of like these fans that almost want to fight with the ownership. Right. And, and we don't give them a reason to, like they can be pissed off that we haven't won stuff or they can be pissed off that the power play sucks this week or last week or all last season, but they can never say that we treat our players like shit or, or that we don't pay our players on time or anything like that. And I think for years they had those battles and, uh, and I think this gives them something to battle about. Like some people just, you know what it's like, some people, you can go through people's threads on social media and some people just bitch about everything. They go to an airline, they bitch about the Wi-Fi in the airport. They bitch about the price of coffee at Costa. They just bitch about everything. And like, like don't take life so seriously like a logo isn't going to ruin your life it shouldn't ruin your life if if a hockey logo ruins your life find something else to ruin your life with you know like get over it just I, it's it's ridiculous it's let's let's trail let's trail this conversation back towards the league over the last weekend you you you, you may want to talk about this Todd you may not want to over the last weekend there's obviously been stuff in the social media and the league have even made a statement about people going after rest if you like and I I know at times we'll all I'm through your career and and we'll have a moan WhatsApp whatever. Refs make bad calls. Refs make good calls, but irrelevant of what they do. Without them, there's no game. 
you can't be tackling them on social media and you cannot be tackling them face to face. And even no, no, even no. with You're even saying. with even with the slightest hint of physicality, you can't just do it. Honestly, Davey, you shouldn't like social media is such a like it's such a cesspool, especially Twitter, right? Like like every every fool has an opinion then they think it matters and that's what it is right like there's lots of people on twitter that i respect and there's lots of people that i'll give you an example there are there are hundreds and hundreds of fans across the ehl that will <laughs> will rip like they'll start this is how their, their twitter i could do a timeline for the year start of the season uh it's been great having the summer off it's so nice and this year i'm going to be more positive then something happens and they start bitching about their club or they bitch about another club. Then around, I can't, I don't even know what day it is, but that once a year where it says, if you can be anything today, be kind. Bell, let's talk. My DMs are <laughs> uh, slide into my DMs if you need someone to, someone to talk to. And then and then at some point during the year, they do they do the uh, listen, I'm gonna take a break from social media. It's just too bad. It's it's tough on my mental health. It's and and this is their cycle every year, but they always come back to it, right? And the reality is like if if you don't like what we're doing, don't follow us. If if you if you feel like you have to bitch about refs online, like the thing that I will never understand is if I wanted to bitch about like back in Davy, every time you're on the gantry, we have a little bitch about the league, right? We we complain about this, we complain about the format of the cup, we complain about this. We, me and you don't put that online. And no. if they and if we did, I would be battling. I'd, I'd I'd have other teams complaining that I ripped on our own league. I'd have I'd have Mike Hicks calling me going, "Why are you publicly saying this stuff?" And now I'm saying it on a, on a podcast, which isn't smart. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you bitch to your buddies. You complain to your friends. Yeah. You, 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 you do the old-fashioned way. Go have a beer. Go have a coffee. Complain to your friends. Get on the phone. The, the natural reaction now has become this thing where you go home after a game and you go on Twitter and complain about something. And honestly, everyone doing that, just like grow up. It's so stupid. Honestly, it's so dumb. I think, so I think but it got taken – to an extreme on Saturday where there was a physical confrontation where somebody oh, tried sorry, to... I don't even, I don't even uh, someone has alleged on Twitter that they tried to throw a punch at a linesman and the linesman was goading. So I think it was the Fife Belfast game, to be quite honest. Am I right, Paddy? Or... Really? But, well, sure. yeah. I, I, yeah, but anyway, the league the league went as far as putting a statement out, obviously, so it's it's, it's yeah. coming to a point as well. Well, it's stupid. It's, it's stupid. Like, you can't... Like, I've seen football fans online, like, attacking officials at airports and stuff like Honestly, do you think officials, if any fan or any player or any coach thinks officials are out to get them, like if every game we play, if if we play Belfast this weekend, at some point we'll think the referees are screwing us and you'll think the referees are screwing you. When, if, when have you ever gone to a game and been like, you know what, I'm, I got to say, the referees really screwed the other team and everything went my way. And I'm going to go over, and, but we still lost, so I'm going to go over and congratulate them on a great job. No, if you win, you complain less about the officials. If you lose... It's a natural thing in any sport. I was just I was just at watching my kid play rugby on Sunday, and one of the dads was complaining about the refereeing. The kids are nine years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no referee is on the take. No referee is actually like getting money behind the back to to make other teams. The referees don't care enough to do that, right? They they like hockey. They like the job as much as we all like hockey and like watching hockey and playing hockey and coaching and managing. They like refing hockey. That's their thing. Their teammates are the guys that they have striped jerseys on with. They are a team. They are the 11th team in the league. And we treat them like shit. We treat them poorly. There's teams that used to not feed them if the game, if they lost. 
They'd take the, they'd take the, the chicken out of their chicken sandwiches because they didn't deserve protein if they, if they reft wrong. Like that stuff is garbage. It's absolute garbage. And, and these fans that think they can DM referees, like you, you could DM me and complain about it, but I don't have Twitter anymore because you guys were so stupid on Twitter that I just got off of it. You know, it's garbage. <laughs> it's absolute garbage. These, I, I, I feel bad for the refs. I think it's, I think it's bullshit. I, I don't know. Like Dave Clarkman definitely had it in for Belfast against Cardiff that night, and that's why Ed Courtney lost the rag. I'm convinced. <laughs> that was that was Boniface. Was Nigel Boniface? Sorry, it was Nigel Boniface. You're right. I keep saying it was Dave. Yeah. Clark. Do you know what? I think we spoke about that. I don't know. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Just one last thing, Todd, because listen, we really appreciate your time. It's always great having you on because it just turns into a really good chat. But obviously, the game against uh, the Belfast Giants this Sunday, Cardiff. Good weekend last weekend, especially going into Sheffield and taking the win the way you did. Um, how confident are you for this season? Um, I, I think uh, if I'm being honest, Sheffield are they're they're stacked. They're they're a good team. Like we we played we played our best game for sure. Um, and you know, you guys haven't played Sheffield yet, but I think I think they are they're better than their team last year. And and I think you know we'll all be battling with each other. We're all going to take points off each other. So, um, you know, two games in, we're not going to get too confident or, 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 or anything like that. And it's weird because we've all played so many games, but you, this is, I think, is this the first weekend of league games for Belfast? It is. Yes. Yeah. So they played, you know, they played champions league, they played preseason, they played cup games. Um, I, th- I think you've got a lot of good teams in this league this year. Like I think it's probably the most competitive it's been in years. Um, and I think, uh, I think the teams that people don't expect to win are still good enough to take points off you at any point. Um, I don't think there's going to be, you know, there's not going to be easy trips like the, like the battle days where you go to Edinburgh Fife and and know you're going to get a couple wins. Like those days are long gone, but especially this year. Um, I mean, you guys battled with Fife on the weekend, you know, and I, I, I don't know, it, it, you know, like we're, we're, we're not, we're not overly confident any weekend that we're playing good teams, but we're not, we're not, you know, we're also not underconfident thinking that you guys are going to roll over us. I think, I think us and you um, need to, need to, you know, throughout the year, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle. We'll take points off you. You'll take points of us. Same with Sheffield, same with Nottingham, Guilford, Glasgow, like all these teams. Um, there's a lot of legit teams in this league, you know, and, um, and, I think it's going to be exciting. It's always fun at the start of the year. Um, if I could, if I could, you know, I wish that I wish that people had the same banter that we have with each other. That I wish they could have that and 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 realize that we're all playing a game. All the teams want to win. No, don't ever accuse your players of not trying and not trying to win. Not every athlete can have a a, a great day every day. Just just like everyone at work doesn't have a great day every day. Um, you know what I mean? Like. I wish fans understood that everyone tries to win every game. You know, like if, if you come in and kick our ass and beat us seven, nothing on Sunday, or if we beat you five, one, your team didn't stop trying and our team didn't stop trying. Everyone wants to win. Nobody goes into a game to, to lose. And, and the reality of human nature is you cannot perform at your best every single day of your life in every single situation. Um, but we're all, we all work really hard to try to win. And, and um, you know, obviously Belfast are the team to beat. You guys won everything last year. And so teams had to get better to compete with you guys. And, and that's just the reality of sports, right? Like that's what makes it fun. And, and, you know, as a fan, you should always start the season with hope and, and excitement. But if your team isn't winning, you shouldn't get down on them, but you will. 
and and you know you shouldn't be calling for people's heads two or three weeks into a season but some teams will and uh it's just, you guys know what it's like we've been doing this for how many years 20 years 20, 20 years, years man it's it's uh it's the same stuff and there'll be some new social media platform in a couple of years that we're talking about um i don't know what it'll be called but we'll be bitching and complaining about that and be like do you remember how much better twitter was um, <laughs> <laughs> well listen we really appreciate your time well, we're going to, we're going to leave you with just this picture as we were just talking about him that's the one oh. yep Look at that oh, nose, Stuart. The arm, what is That was, are we that was, was that our second year? I think that was our second year in Belfast. And then uh, we had a message down the side there from Lynchy bringing up this fight with Ken Simpson that he had. It was one of his, one of his oh. few fights. I don't know, he had many fights, did he? David? No, he had a few, but he could, he could throw him because he's... The, the fight with Ken Simpson was something else. Like it was a... Poor Kent got his face well, sort of. Yeah, yeah. No, Stuart could, could definitely throw him. Stuart, the, the thing that was crazy was... Fans, I remember playing in Bracknell, and fans in, in Bracknell would be like, man, Robert's, Rob Stewart's point production's really gone down. Um, you know, like, and, and you remember it went from, like, the British League to the Super League, and, it, and he'd had, like, 190 points in the British League, and then it went to an all-import league, and he only had 45 or something, and people were like, boy, his, his, his point production went down. And, and you guys always bug me about being a former Bracknell B. He's a former Basingstoke Beaver, and... <laughs> I let him know every single time we played in Basingstoke, close to Basingstoke, anywhere within. <laughs> like, hey, the Beavers didn't want you. Remember that, Stewie. These guys didn't want you. Um, so bring that up. Next time you interview Stewie, he's a former Basingstoke Beaver. Not even Bison. I didn't even know the Beavers were probably like. Beaver. Um, yeah, if there's a worse name than Bracknell Bees, it was definitely the Basingstoke Beaver. So. <laughs> Fantastic, Todd. Listen, really appreciate your time. Yeah. No problem, guys. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Are you coming, Davey? Are you here Sunday? I'll be there. All right, man. I'll see you on the gantry. All right. Take it easy. You still on the gantry and take out the league, but don't tell right. me. Oh, don't here, tell my here before you before you go, um, meet a Braden. He'd be there on Sunday. He'd be there on Sunday to collect it. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't want it. He wouldn't wear it. Oh, you know what you can say to your fans just to piss them off because they'll be pissed off. Actually, no, I won't even tell them. I won't even. No, I'll tell them. <laughs> So, so in the summer, we we changed our policy on drummers, and you can't bring drums as away fans in. I don't know if your your teams, if your as fans away fans, in. your own fans can bring them in. Of course they can. Yeah. Ah. It's our rink, Patty. Uh, our, really? It's our rink. You don't, <laughs> you don't even come to games, Patty. You've never been here before. But some have <laughs> been there plenty of times, just not recently. Think, I've got I young kids, Belfast, mate. I think Belfast. Yeah, that's true. I think Belfast might bring a drum, but yeah. It, Get pissed off now because you, you, we're not letting drums in. So, well, a challenge. challenge. You can blame the Coventry Blaze for that one. We'll explain it offline sometime. But <clears throat> oh, I think I remember that story. Anyway, Todd, listen. Thank you very much. We really appreciate your time, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Always good value having Todd Kelman on. Always good fun. Always lots of crack. Always good chat. A big thanks to Todd Kelman. And he's taken up. We're now in the hour and thirty minutes. Right. So <laughs> let's quickly quickly race through a little bit of news and um i'm gonna start with of course todd kelman appearance for the second time this year yeah it's todd okay it is todd <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dops. 
the Department of Player Safety have seen they're going to sanction Johnny Walker of the Dundee Stars for an illegal hit to the head in the game against the Sheffield, sorry, against the Manchester Storm just the other night. He's getting a two-game suspension for uh, a pretty nasty one, Davey. Oh, that's why not back. He's trying to see he's coming in from the side here. If anybody watching online and uh, so watching. I talked, uh, I, yeah, I talked last week about in, in hockey, there's an set, uh, you know, there's a time and a place for a hit. Sometimes a hit's necessary, sometimes it's not. That's cheap shot, that's unnecessary. I think that's quite lucky to get two games. That's direct. There's no such in the rule book. It's, I think it says something like there's no such thing as a clean hit to head. That's direct contact, either shoulder or slightly head to head. That's just cheap shot. And Johnny Walker. I think Marty might have referenced them a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. One of those players that you love on your team, hate when he's against you. They're, those players play on the absolute line of what's acceptable, and that has come across it. Is that more than two games, Marty? I, I was being quite nice in commentary. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him on my team. Um, I was just being nice last week. Uh, he's he's in an undisciplined position. You've got. Two four checkers in there. He should be on the right wing looking after the other winger. He's just coming in here. He has no right to be there. He's just looking straight into his head. He's putting his shoulder into his head. And the guy, I think he might have got concussion, but also he's he's he can also get an MCL injury here on his knee when you see the way he goes down because he has no control over his body anymore. That's not a two-game ban. That's at least an eight to ten game ban mm. in my world. But Dops is is another place. I I agree with you. I think it's much more than a two-game ban. You can see his eyes are on the player. He's lifted up into the player's head. He's deliberately gone in there to do damage. Whatever the reason is, the puck's long gone. He's de- deliberately gone. Yeah, and you're at full speed. It does always look bad, worse on um, in slow mo, but at full speed, where's he looking? He's that's, lifted his shoulder. He's made contact hit. with the head. No, that's David? a bad hit. That's a bad, bad hit. Oh, it's a terrible hit. I think. I, I think there's an element, and we talked last week about um, the the guy in the Steelers game getting. There seems to be first offences in this league seem to get a little bit more leniency with them. If this had been as a second offence, I think you're Marty's probably right. You're in that multi multi game ban. He's done. I said at the start. I think he's done very well to only get two games and. It's been a long time since there's been an 8-10 game handed out, Marty. But that guy has came from distance, which is a big factor in like an instigator rule, the distance you travel. His eyes never once look towards the puck. The puck's 30 feet away when he makes the hit. His eyes and his, his eyes aren't even focused. I'm, I'm going to... It's a late hit if he hits him in the chest. He never once looks... He's looking directly at his head and he hits the target he wants to hit. Very good point about you, about supplementary injuries if you like falling without control of your body because you've been stung in the head it's a bad bad hit and Dops almost with last week's sanction of a fine rather than anything for the check against the boards and this week for a direct naughty hit to the head is two games they're almost setting precedence here yeah which sometimes can be dangerous and some players can go well he got two games I'll settle a score here it's just that's not a good hit it's not clever looking that's it. Like, Marty, surely in a case like this, you should be, like you say, you know, eight games or more, you, you should be setting an example to 
make sure the players don't do this because if you think you're going to get an, an eight game suspension for a hit like that, then you're going to think twice before doing it again. A hundred percent. Your fans are going to are going to get on your back. This guy gets away with the weekend in London or a weekend in you know somewhere. You know he can, he can get the weekend off. So, yeah, it, it it's just I think I think Dobbs need to start quite hard, especially with these these hits to the head. Um, I, I just I just that makes me angry just seeing that. Like, I've watched I watched Dundee's friendly games against Fife against the European teams, and what I what I seen with Walker was a bit of a menace. But see the way he's playing, everyone will have him on the radar now. And you're going to have guys coming in there, hitting him clean, but he's going. To, you still get hurt, you know, from from receiving a a clean hit. So this guy's going to have to be aware. He's going to have to be aware of his surroundings when he comes up against some big tough guys in this league now. Yeah, a two game suspension for Johnny Walker. He will miss next weekend for the uh, for the Dundee Stars. Um, <clears throat> There, there is another Dops which doesn't have any video. Um, it's Dyson Stevenson for the Glasgow clan at the end of the game against Cardiff. He was involved in an instigator slash aggressor of an altercation in the final five minutes. Um, he's fined and suspended for one game, and that'll be Saturday's game at home to the Blaze. No video of that, but it's a it's a cut and dried one. If you instigate something at the end of the game within the last five minutes, then you get the one game suspension. So we'll not we'll not dwell anymore on that. Um, league news, just briefly. I'll play this the the goals of the week while I'm going through this. Um, <clears throat> Cardiff took that five two win over the Clan and followed it up. In the league with a 3-2 win over Sheffield in South Yorkshire. Um, Sheffield themselves had just thumped Nottingham 6-0 in their own backyard to take top spot in Challenge Cup Group C. Uh, Fife went to Coventry after losing to ourselves at 1-6-4 in what was a bit of a barnstorming game, a 10-goal game that, that opened with uh, Kobe Roth in the first 30 seconds and was 4-4 with, uh, with two minutes left before um, Fife snatched a victory, including an empty netter. Uh, Storm took three points three points out of four in a home-and-home home series against the Stars. Both teams went in their own barn. Dundee uh, doing so in a shootout. Uh, this actually puts the Storm top of the embryonic elite league table, which, uh, to put it in context, as Davey said, the Giants are in ninth, uh, having not played a game above the clan in tenth, who have played a game. Uh, and then just uh, going back, to what you had mentioned there, Davy, in a conversation with um, Todd Kelman, there was obviously that uh, tweet from the Elite League in their socials about the referee, and um, and that also there were messages and DMs being sent to referees, and the the league basically going for um, don't be a melter. I'm, I'm nearly certain, Paddy. I read on Twitter that somebody had a, a an actual physical. Attempted physical altercation with one of the officials, and I'm nearly sure it was after the five game. Might be completely wrong. Um, check that out on Twitter later on. Put it in our WhatsApp group. But I'm nearly certain that's the case. Yeah, like Todd said it perfectly. It's it's being done to death already on this podcast. Just these guys are do, all doing a job, and we're all paying to be there and watch it and support our teams. And you know, there'll be next week. You don't win this week. There'll be next week. You know, be better. Win the game in front of you. Can't blame the referees. For the vast majority, if a referee makes 100 decisions across a game or across two games, he'll get 95 of the plus of them right. They make the odd bad call. We're all human. Players make mistakes too. Officials make mistakes. You live with it. 
we all make mistakes. We're human. Two are is human. Last, last word on that to you, Marty. No ref, no game. Yeah, hundred percent. People just need to calm down. You know, refs. We know the majority of them are part time. They're doing their best. They're just trying to call a fair game. They don't always get it right. And guy, you know, people who are on keyboards, they need, they need to own what they write and. They just they just can't go around doing that. You guys have nailed it. Don't be a melter and just let's let's have a bit more love and harmony around. around let, let's people. let's take it back to two thousand three, two thousand four when you had one ref, two linos. Mm. A lino gets hurt sometimes. You've got a ref and a lino. You know, go to the ice bowl, mate. You'll have, many, maybe have a ref doing the lines as well. Years, you know, it's. Mar- Davy, how many years were you were you crying out for a four man system? How many years? It's not been... in that ta- It's not in that long. It's ten years, maybe less. We haven't had the ten. We haven't had the four man system for ten. Less than ten. It's years. It's been roughly that. But the standard of the referee and will only get, will only go on that trajectory when there's more infrastructure, when there's more investment. These guys, this is a part time job for all of them. None of these guys are pros. You know. They're doing a lot of these guys do this for the love of the game, and fans need to remember that. We need to remember that that these guys are here to facilitate the game, because they're not doing it for a pension. That's for sure. Whereas the actual, whereas the actual professional referees make, make mistakes like they did at Spurs on Sunday, on Saturday. But anyway, and they've got TVs and everything. They got TVs and everything. Not better about that. Not in the slightest. Simon Kitchen. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Three games potentially before we next meet. We haven't sort of worked out what we're going to do next week yet. But uh, the, the Flames uh, away uh, Saturday 6 p.m. at the Spectrum. The Devils away Sunday 6 p.m. at the Kyle Bond Arena. Um, both of those on their little Flames and Devils TV. And then next Tuesday, or one week from now, the Belfast Giants will welcome uh, Red Bull Salzburg in the Champions Hockey League. Uh, to the SSE Arena, and that game is on via play extra. Um, that's the free TR channel that will be live there with Murph, potentially Simon, if he's back from holiday. Um, Marty, I'll go for you. These two games against the Flames and the Devils, the Giants want to start off on the on the front foot, uh, and the Flames, you know, are doing so well last season, uh, will be wanting to sort of cement their place as being one of the top teams. Yeah, they, they haven't had a good start as last year, um, but we all know what Paul Dixon can bring. Um, he really fast attacking team, but um, you know, chance I want to go there, stamp their authority, just do what they did um, with the previous two games on the road. Um, he obviously concentrated on the the first night in in Guildford, trying to do the job there, and then you know, going to Cardiff the next night, slightly tired, but you know. And keeps good at working out systems. He'll try and find a way to to bring home the the four points again. Um, you know we've we've had two weekends there, um, four points from from each weekend. So uh, he'll want to continue that. And um, you'll be there. And, and then the, the the Champions League. Um, yeah. Obviously, day rest there, and uh, well, it, it'll it'll be tricky to. To, to get back in that mindset, you no, know, just to try and go back to that that win we had against um, was it Bolzano? Was it we, at home? Yeah, yeah Bolzano. So yeah. yeah, so you, we, we got to go back then into that competition, regroup, and then try and get up the, to speed and, and the, the different style of European hockey again. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to these this next week for sure. 
Well, I was going to, Davy. Obviously, you'll be there on Sunday for the game in Cardiff. But then coming back into the CHL game, and as Marty said, trying to get in the mindset, there is an opportunity here with a couple of wins that the Giants could progress. But it's all about you know getting through these games and getting the wins. Yeah, like let's not go cliche and go one game at a time and all that good stuff because it is. We'll be focused on Guildford, and then we'll go and focus on Cardiff, and then we'll go to the CHL. The CHL game, if we're going to have we look at it, is is massive. If we beat Salzburg. There's a real chance. There's a real chance because that last game could actually then be a bit of a dead rubber for the opposition if it doesn't go well for them. It could be a dead rubber, rubber either way if it doesn't work out for us and, and it could be just a real damp squib. But there's a chance that we go into that as a, as a do or die against a team that's already out of the competition. So next Tuesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Next Tuesday night, might just go to that. Um, get on the, get my orange wings and get over. Get, you know, Stelios, fly me in. Um, Stelios, does he still own that? <laughs> um, but I th- there, there's an opportunity there, and you want to keep momentum rolling, and you want to put a good performance on in front of your home fans. But listen, honestly, first period Saturday night is the is the only focus at the moment. Absolutely, those games, Flames against the Giants, Saturday six p.m. at the Spectrum. You get that on Flames TV. Uh, Devils against the Giants, Sunday at six p.m. at the Calbon Arena. You can see that on Devils TV. And uh, Giants against Red Bull Salzburg in the CHL SSE Arena on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Get yourself down there. And if you're not able to, it'll be on via Play Extra. And you'll be able to watch that there with Murph. Any other business, gentlemen? Oh, go on. What have you forgotten? I was supposed to do a draw for uh, everybody at Entered for my badly drawn. Uh, I, I Thank you so much. We will do the draw on next Tuesday night show because I want to do it live. Thank you, everybody that donated. That money's been handed over. Um, Elijah says, thank you so much. He's going to have a nice meet with his brother when he's in. And like, Wonderful. Thank you again. And sorry for forgetting about the draw. It's so much doing all that video tonight. Sorry, forgot. My That's bad. all right, mate. That's all right. And Marty, happy birthday, Marty. Uh, I'm all good. Thank you. Um, I just I really enjoyed tonight. Thanks, thanks again for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon when you when you get back across the pond. Thanks for spending your uh, thanks for spending your birthday with us, Nick. It was uh, <laughs> it's something you didn't really need to do, but um, we really appreciate that you have and we've really enjoyed having you on. It's uh, it's been it's it's been really good fun and um, a real pleasure having you chat. Yes, you've got, you've got your. Oh, sorry, I'll play it again for you. Let me hold it up. <laughs> the only um the only bit of uh, any other business for me is a big shout out to Anthony Russell um who's got the, his dream job he's uh tomorrow night he's uh commentating for his favorite team the Guildford Flames it's it's one of these things you know, like John O'Bullard got the job commentating for the um for the Nottingham Panthers this is such a dream of uh, of Mr Russell's to to commentate for the uh, for the Guildford Flames, so congratulations to him and getting that play by play, and he'll be doing. He'll the, have uh, a wee flames hoodie. He'll have a flames polo flames shirt on. And... He's already got them. He's already got them. He's already got all that gear, so he'll be doing that. <laughs> um, big thanks to Jeff Baum and of course to Todd Kelman for joining us on the show. Davey, thanks for cutting the videos and all that, Marty. Brilliant having you with us. Really, well, hopefully really you'll it again through the season. Not just not just sitting in for sales, but just coming come and have a chat with us. Maybe in sales around as well. I'll be part of the show. Yes, we really enjoyed you. having you here. Um, Flames Giants Saturday six p.m. Devils Giants Sunday six p.m. Both on their local TV stations and the Giants Red Bull Salzburg. Get yourself down to that uh, at AVFTB on Twitter, KingdomOfGiants.com. 
Um, you get us on Facebook. I'm trying to do a little bit more of Instagram uh, and trying to do all that sort of stuff. We really appreciate everybody who's been sending in comments and, and all that sort of stuff on Twitter and on our live thing here. And uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.